0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race, hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events.
1: This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more.
0: Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. A lot of people are staying closer to home this holiday weekend. Non-essential travel outside the U.S. is extremely limited, with much of the world closing its doors to American travelers. But if you've opted to stay home, that doesn't mean that you can't keep the spirit of travel alive. Rick Steves is one of the premier travel personalities in the world, and he wants you to stay excited about travel, even if you're stuck on the couch. His latest book is called For the Love of Europe, My Favorite Places, People, and Stories. Rick Steves, welcome to Reset. Nice to be with you. Rick, as a guy who's dedicated his life to travel and meeting people, how are you handling this pandemic?
1: I'm uh, trying to focus my traveler's spirit, my curiosity, my, my interest in getting out of my comfort zone and my, uh, just, uh, embrace of life right here at home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I find that you really can't employ a traveler's mindset at home when you can't get in an airplane and fly somewhere else. But um, no, I'd sure love to be going to Europe. It's a difficult time for travelers. Uh, I've got a hundred guides in Europe who are freelancers, and they've got nothing to do, and we're all just having to be patient and get a grip on this virus.
0: That's a great point. So you think about all the all the people who are a part of the travel tourism world and and your company as well and and i know that you had to make tough decisions and you've done admirable things to try and keep people employed for what you do and and continue to do the not only the Mm. the video trips but the books and things like that so talk about that about about how the ecosystem of tourism and travel works in this in this world
1: Well, yeah, if nobody's traveling, nobody's, well, it's hard to make money on traveling. You know, guides are, they live and breathe sharing their culture. So a good guide is just really frustrated when they're not able to take travelers around their favorite area where they're experts and turn them on with all this wonderful cultural insights and food to try and new experiences and appreciation of history and so on. So a lot of guides are doing uh, virtual travels. Um, I've got a situation in my company where I employ 100 people here in Seattle, and uh, we've got zero revenue. Uh, We had 30,000 people signed up, uh, well, went with us last year on our tours around Europe. This year, we had 24,000 people actually gave us money for this year's tours, and we had to refund all that money, and we did that promptly, and uh, we're just all waiting until we can all get the the go-ahead to travel again. But my guide. Uh, I'm trying to keep them busy. I've got something called uh, uh, Rick Steves Europe Guides Hub or Marketplace on my website at ricksteves.com. And I've got 40 or 50 guides that are offering virtual tours and, and uh, cooking lessons and language lessons and so on just because they want to keep busy. They just mm. love what they do. And, uh, you know, that's fun. You know, we're going to be traveling again someday. But the odd thing about this crisis, and I've been through a lot of crises as a tour operator and a guidebook writer and so on over the 40 years I've been doing this, um, Uh, You know uh, it's going to be incremental Uh, the the thing is we don't know how bad it's going to get We don't know how long it's going to last, but we do know we're going to get through it I see this as, uh, you know, 2020 is the 1940 of our lifetimes, Mm -hmm. and you don't get to live your whole life without some big uh, interruption, I don't think, and this is the big interruption for us. Travel will come back. I know that uh, the demand doesn't dissipate, the demand gets backed up, and when it is free to travel, we're going to be back there with a vengeance. In the meantime, I'm going to be interested in watching it uh, ramp up very slowly. Mm -hmm. Right now, uh, people are traveling locally. Uh, my publisher, who normally ha- is best-selling books, are my 50 guidebooks to Europe. Those aren't selling at all right now. Uh, what's selling is road-tripping books, you know, for people just getting to know the, where they're comfortable traveling, driving around their corner of the country. Uh, that's the same in Europe. It's going to be the French people on the French Riviera, the Romans going to the hill towns of Tuscany, and the Swiss people hiking in their Alps. And then we'll have international travel by determined individuals, uh, one of my staff uh, staffers uh, has a boyfriend in uh, Spain. She could not fly to, fly to Spain. He couldn't fly to here. They both could fly to Istanbul. So they had a vacation together in Istanbul. Mm, that's that's, that's idea, determination. Yeah. Right. And they had a great time. I've got a cousin in Norway who loves the Greek Isles. And uh, last week she flew to the Greek Isles knowing she would have a 10 day quarantine waiting for her when she got back to Norway. Well, she's determined that she's one of the early international travelers. Later, there'll be more individual travelers. That'll be easy to do. And then at the very end, we'll have people like me who organize bus tours around Europe getting back into business. But that's going to be a while. And I'm going to be really conservative. I don't want to be the first one out of the gate because I just don't want people to have the disappointment and the frustration of uh, derailing their travel plans again. You know, it's right, um, right. Uh, it's it's tough for everybody. I'm long past worrying about my lost revenue. What I've got to do right now is keep my team together. I have an ethic as an employer who's made good money over the years to stand by my employees when I'm not making money. So, you know, you play the cards you're dealt and I'm keeping my team together and uh, you know we're we're buckling down. We're trimming the sails. We're um, it's a little bit of shared uh, sacrifices as we have uh, shorter work weeks. But uh, we got our health care intact. We've got livable wages, and we're gonna wait until this gets over. And we're gonna have the team together so we can then throttle up when we can.
0: Rick Steves with us. Uh, you know I'm I'm always amazed because it's not just the fact that we were just talking about the airline industry and about how it has uh, it's shrinking and. And it's having a, a negative impact. It's not just about um, countries that won't let Americans in. Like you just said, people determine travelers to find their way to different places. But it's about the apparatus on the ground, meaning when you get there, those resorts won't be the same. Those those experiences, yeah. those tours won't be the same. It seems that every level of this, there is some sort of roadblock mm. or something that at least a, a yeah. challenge for travelers determined yeah. determine travelers.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, um, radio hosts all over the country are getting travel experts on and talking about, well, how are you going to travel? And uh, I kind of disappoint them. I say, I'm not going to travel. I don't want to go to <laughs> Amsterdam and have dinner in a bubble so I don't get a germ, you know. My style of travel, the Rick Steves kind of travel, is the opposite of social distancing. I, you know, I want my cheeks kissed when I go to Paris. I want to I want to go in the passeggiata, the paseo. I want to crowd into the piazzas with everybody in, in the little villages in, in Italy. Uh, I want to sit in a bar in, in, in Ireland and clink, glasses and in in an intimate surrounding where where strangers are just friends who have yet to meet. And we're going to have that. But um, right now, I think the importance is to recognize that we have something much more important than our uh, derailed travel plans. I mean, many people wish they had our problems of having travel dreams dashed. Uh, There's a lot of of darkness, a lot of frustration, a, a lot of fear in our society because it's a big economic problem, and it's got, the, the money from the government's going to dry up, and how are we going to hold our community together? So, you know, I'm mindful of that. Right. I know that for a lot of people, uh, you know, their lives are normally crisis, and now it's crisis upon crisis, especially south of the border in the developing world. This is very, very tough. So uh, we have important things to look out other than how are we going to be traveling. And I do think it's important to exercise that kind of traveler's mindset and that's one thing I've been doing a lot. I mean, I, for me, it's fascinating because this is my first summer home in 30 years in Seattle. I've heard it's nice, and <laughs> it actually is. Um, and uh, I'm learning how to cook. Uh, my girlfriend's got dogs I never thought I would appreciate or even respect people who walk dogs. I just didn't get it. I was clueless. Now I'm walking the dogs. I'm cuddling with the dogs. It's a beautiful thing. I missed out. You know? I In my whole life, I had never... I've had a, a stove in my house for 10 years. I've never turned it on. Well, now I know how to use it. So I'm having fun cooking. I'm doing new things. I'm playing the piano after dark and just seeing where the chords will go. There are other avenues than what's been shut down to us because of this pandemic. And I'm employing my traveler's mindset for that. Also, you know, last year, i, I it was sort of funny. I locked myself in last year to write this book. Had I known I was going to be locked in this year, I could have written it this year. But I was glad I did last year because this book that you mentioned in the introduction, For the Love of Europe... For the love of Europe just came out a couple of weeks ago, and it's the perfect book for this pandemic because it's a collection, a 400 page collection of my 100 favorite experiences and stories in Europe. I just spent 35 hours in a hot, sweaty little recording booth doing the audio version of it, and I loved every minute of reading these uh, wonderful little moments that I've enjoyed over a mm-hmm. lifetime of traveling in Europe. And it turns out it's a great way to get like a daily dose of Europe. In fact, at uh, Rick Steves on Facebook, we're, we're publishing one of these almost every day, and we're calling it our Daily Dose of Europe. And it's just a fun way for travelers to, you know, remember their great times and dream about future yeah. travels. And we say this pandemic can derail our travel plans, but it cannot stop our travel dreams. And I think that's important.
0: Rick Steves with us. The book is called The Love of Europe. And, and it's true because... N- Beyond just the awesome photos of you as a youngster (laughs) that are throughout the book, uh, there are experiences. The experiences in this book play more about uh, some of the things that you've done as a traveler as opposed to some of the guidebooks that you've done telling travelers yeah. what to do. And that could be anything from the blues scene in Lisbon yeah. to uh, getting naked with strangers in Germany to beachcombing for history uh, in London. And that's the idea of, of all of these shared experiences that you've had in your illustrious career as a traveler. Oh. You, can, you can bring those, those recollections, those remembrances to the page.
1: Well, thank you. You know, it's a funny thing you mentioned the guidebook stuff because I'm just wired to, b- to write guidebooks. I've written 50 guidebooks with all the hotel and restaurant and museum details for every place in Europe. And I, when I wrote this book, I have literally had to sweep through it before finishing it off. And I swept out all of the guidebook what we call guidebook-y material. <laughs> because I just right. wanted it to be not not how do you go to these places, not like don't go on Tuesday when the museums are, are free because it's really crowded, you know, or remember you got to check your bag before. And we, I didn't want to have any of that practical stuff it's just travel dreaming it's just moments like you said beach coping on the thames in, in london and and and, and finding Discarded pipes from the days of Charles Dickens, or shaking hands with the carillon player, the the church bell choir player, and finding out he's got this deformed hand with a little finger that's twice as thick as it should be because of the calluses you get mm. when you pound those keys with your fist all your life as a carillonist. Uh, you know, getting getting to know the guy who force feeds the geese in Dordogne, and finding out why so many English people make a pilgrimage down to the Dordogne for their foie gras. There's just all of these moments that I've enjoyed over the years, and it's fun. To to be able to, you know, when you're sitting naked with a bunch of Finns in a sauna and you, all you got is this stringy blonde hair on faces and steam and, and rustic walls. You don't know what century it is, but you know you're in Finland, you know, and uh, this is just so much fun to share those ideas.
0: You know, when we talk about the traveler's mentality, Rick. When we, when we talk about you know, using that uh, closer to home because of what we're going through as, as, as human beings, how important is the idea of getting away to a human being? Well, I think it's really
1: important. I've written a book called Travel as a Political Act, and I'm updating that book right now for all the things that are going on in our world. And um, for me, travel is getting out of your comfort zone. It's realizing that you can learn more about your home sometimes by leaving it and looking at it from a distance. Travel gives you an understanding. It, it wallops your ethnocentricity. And a lot of people don't want that. But, but you know, culture shock is the growing pains of a broadening perspective. And uh, it's easy if you live deep here in this great country of ours and your worldview is shaped by commercial TV news for you to be afraid of the rest of the world and think it's us versus them. But I've spent a third of my adult life hanging out with people far away who, who find different truths to be self-evident and God-given. And I really understand that the most beautiful souvenir you can bring home is uh, empathy for the other 96% of humanity. I think if the world wanted to in- make a very good investment, they would establish a fund. And this is, I'm almost serious about this, that they would establish a fund to give every American a gap mm-hmm. trip be- after school before they get into the rat race and let them leave our cu- culture, leave our country and get to know people who they might otherwise be afraid of. Our world would be so different right now. if you had to If you had to travel before you could vote, Um, we'd be part of the family of nations, and uh, we would not be in the fix we're in right now. Mm -hmm. I think we've never been more fearful as a country, apart from COVID. I mean, just generally afraid of the rest of the world. And for me, uh, you know, fear is for people who don't get out very much. And the flip side of fear is understanding, and we gain understanding when we travel. So it's just vital that we... We, we celebrate the diversity on this planet. The You know, one thing I take home, and I, I think I finished for the love of Europe with this sentiment, is when you travel, you realize the world is filled with love and with joy and, and with wonderful people. And it's just such a beautiful opportunity to get out there and, and get to know the family.
0: Yeah. Rick Steves with us here on Reset here ninety 91.5 WBEC talking about travel, which would be, this would be a huge weekend for, for international travel, uh, the Labor Day weekend, not so much this year uh, with COVID-19. You know, just in the in the in the travel industry, in the tourism industry that you're in, you, we have seen. I mean, with the streaming of uh, Surge and Hollywood, we've seen so many different travel shows pop up. As you, right. as the OG, as as somebody who's been doing it for years before, right. uh, is there a, is there a right way to do a travel show? Is there a right way to do a television tour of, say, um, Switzerland? Uh, or is there a wrong way?
1: Uh-huh. Well, you know, it depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to sell advertisements, if you're just trying to get clicks or views, you can do these uh, kind of freak shows on the road. And they're very entertaining, but they're cheap to produce, and they don't really teach you very much. They entertain you. Uh, My shows would only see the light of day on public television. Mm -hmm. It's such a blessing for me as a a person who gets to write the scripts and produce these shows that I can make my shows, uh, assuming an attention span, respecting people's intelligence, and making programming driven not by a passion for keeping advertisers happy, but simply by a passion for inspiring people and educating people and equipping people to get out there, get out of their comfort zone, and broaden their perspectives to celebrate the world. Um, As a tour guide, it's my responsibility to give people context to sort through all the superlatives, help them use their precious vacation time. We Americans have the shortest vacations in the rich world. And then to have a transformational experience. So when I write a half hour show about Berlin, it's 3,000 words. And I'm a, I'm challenged to get as much uh, content, so much usable, valuable, worthwhile information in that show and still make it Fun to watch. Um, In a couple of months, we're going to be debuting a one-hour show on Egypt. It was so exciting to produce this last year, and I'm just so thankful to be able to bring it out in public television, again, where we can have that more high-minded approach to things. Uh, Last year, or just three months ago, we we, we released a, a show called Hunger and Hope, Lessons from Ethiopia and Guatemala. And that show, I'm just, it's so exciting to be able to let people walk in the trenches with development workers in the developing world with hardworking locals and smart local governments and see what modern development aid is compared to old fashioned development aid and what part the United States takes in that. Uh, So we have a one hour show that's pretty demanding viewing, you know, for something like that. And not everybody wants that when they sit down on their couch. But for me, it lets people travel to Guatemala and Ethiopia. And believe me, it's complicated to travel from Guatemala to Ethiopia. (laughs) And uh, we did that with all of our gear. And we came home with a show that I'm really proud of. And, uh, you know, especially during this COVID lockdown time, I've made sure that all 150 shows that I've produced over the decades are available for free without ads. And they're streaming. You can get them on my website or YouTube. But... uh, I guess my mission you could say with my hundred workmates here in Seattle is to inspire Americans to venture beyond Orlando. You know, I,
0: got, I got no problem with
1: Disney World, but but go there three or four times and then consider Portugal. You might like it.
0: <laughs> you might like it. Rick, my last my last question for you for those who are depressed right now because they can't travel, because maybe that's what they that's a big part of who they are. What do you say to them? What's the direct address to people listening right now who are just kind of bummed out that they can't do the things they've done before?
1: Yeah. Well, If you go to my website and just snoop around, you can read my interviews and see my talks and see our daily doses of Europe. And it's just like medicine for somebody who's suffering because they can't be traveling. But remember, it's it's a blessing to be a traveler who cannot travel. I mean, a lot of people could never dream realistically of having their names on a plane ticket. Probably the vast majority of the people on this planet would never be able to fly and we're disappointed because we can't go on our trip. Oh, poor Rick, you know. Uh, (laughs) Focus on your community. What can you do in your community? My staff is doing community service now because they're on my payroll, but I've got nothing for them to do. So we're helping in our community. There's a lot of struggling, a lot of fear, a lot of desperation going on behind closed doors here and south of our border. Take this pause as God's way of telling us to slow down. This is this is sort of therapy for a workaholic. I'm addicted to being productive, you know. And now I'm learning there's more to life than increasing its speed. I'm going to be traveling again. We're going to all travel again. This is we're going to get through this. But right now we got to get our act together. My fear is the rest of the world's going to be traveling and the United States won't be welcome. Ugh. And that's what's happening now. Right? <laughs> you know we need to figure this out. And we're playing whack-a-mole right now yeah. uh, as we just don't have the discipline to get this virus conquered. Patience is not an American virtue. It's certainly not a Rick Steves virtue, but right now patience is my middle name.
0: Rick Steves, just a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us on Reset. Really appreciate it. So nice to talk to you. Take care. And that's it for today's Reset. For a great conversation about your city and your world, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast or tell your smart speaker to play WBEZ's Reset. I'm Justin Kaufman. This week's Flying By, but we got one more to go. Join me tomorrow for WBEZ's Weekly News Roundup. Until then, thanks for listening to Reset from WBEZ Chicago. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in depth, long form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more.